Greetings and salutations and deepest, most heartfelt apologies. We were late with this one. Like, really late. But let me, along with the many angry, vindictive voices in your noodle, tell you the wait was totally worth it. This being the third and book-ending episode of the Magical Mr. Mullins Tour means that you will soon be experiencing thrills, spills, spectacle, and schizo-bat-shittery the likes of which I expect will not only shock, but in the grand scheme of your sad, lonely existence, possibly even amaze. That is, of course, unless I, by some unbelievable happenstance, exist solely in your mind as some agendaless, annoying voice of your neuron jelly sack's own devising. You might be asking, what purpose would such a voice serve to further my mission set forth from the lips of God to rescue the shithole of a state in which I live from breaking free and going wild, getting drunk and showing all the pervy old man states its boobs? Well, not that I feel any responsibility to answer your totally self-explanatory question, but I will retort and rebut with this. Fucking what's the purpose of anything ever? You can tell me that a toaster is purposefully made as a tool that legally lets you listen to this very show on a Wednesday. I will rubber that claim straight back to your glue by saying that the toaster was expressly created to drop into full bathtubs for all your murder-suicide and physical comedy needs. Voices! Who the fuck knows what we'll say next? After that, even. Suck it, Rationality! No, but I, I, I have a little, I have a little news for you, Chris. Mm. You pregnant again? No, it's it's well, it's it's a little scary. Um, I, I'm late. I thought you just gave birth before the show. Oh, I did. Oh my god, I feel so much better. But no, that's not what I was talking about. I'm saying we like we're late. Like this episode is holy shit late. Yeah. And. First, it was all my fault, and <clears throat> really, it's because uh, I made uh, my entire family uh, sick with a virus, because who else? But then, uh-huh. who else? Chris and his truck escapades, which is a really good name for a, a, a truck stop 
uh, uh, strip club. Yeah, Chuckscapades. It uh, it's it's been a rough couple weeks, fellas and ladies and children. Chuckscapades doesn't sound seedy at all. No, Chuckscapades. Like it sounds like like you're gonna go see like uh some some like badass ice trucking like like choreographed you know uh, synchronized ice trucking chucks on ice that that would be pretty cool actually that really needs to be a uh, not a sport but a spectacle mm-hmm. synchronized mm-hmm. chucks on ice mm-hmm. love it sounds love badass. Every second of it <laughs> i'm you know what i say we skip this episode and we just we just think about how great that would be start working on those logistics and then we put that out instead. <laughs> that, that won't piss anybody off. Nah, we'd be pimps for that. So we apologize for being late. Uh, we we tried to uh, to do like a like a extra special 420 episode, man, because <laughs> you know her, little little Herbie Mull is uh, nothing if not an an avid pot smoker, LSD taker. Well, it was then. Then pot seller killer and yeah. blamer for his years of undiagnosed schizophrenia. And then that part, yeah. Yeah. But then it didn't work out, uh, probably because uh, because marijuana. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> we tried to do like a, a, a Happy Easter episode because what better to, you know, ring in the uh, the zombification of Christ than talking about a uh, serial killer that killed at random because God told him to because California was going to fall into the ocean. Mm, yeah, yeah, and LSD. Hey, Chris, we have a guest tonight. You, you want to know who it is? Is it a stinky baby? It is a stinky baby. You're right. Yeah, because good. stinky baby, stinky baby V, has awoken, and she is going. She is meh 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 meh. Well, that's her having a conversation with her stuffed toy, and in person, cutest thing ever. Super cute, but uh, over podcast. I'm hoping that all you people understand that life, man, fucking life. Yeah. And you know what? Mm-hmm. You're listening to a life, man, fucking life episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. Yep, all those UFOs, conspiracies, and murders until we get to the death, death, death part, man. Because then... Mm-hmm. Mm. can only stay alive for so long. And I'm Jason Rambo, and he's Chris Barrios, and... Sometimes. Email us. Email us at see no, hear no, speak no pod at gmail.com, or... If in you so choose, you may also use s-n-h-n-s-n-p-o-d at gmail.com. And no, I did not mean to do that. I, I guess I'm just a poet and didn't know it. Uh, see that I was gonna be like, yeah, buddy, like good, good stuff. But then you did the poet and didn't know it. That thing. part I did mean to do. 
I've seen that written on way too many bathroom stalls. Right. That right. I was not happy being in. Well, what do you um, think I got it? <laughs> mm. Goddamn. Half my life the... is a bathroom stall that I don't want to be in. Wow. Hey. Wow. Half your life is a bathroom stall that you don't want to be in. That sucks. It's a like, metaphor, I, I guess man. I take for granted how, how easy and wonderful it is to poop at home. Oh, no, that, that was... A, do it other places. That was originally a metaphor, but then it turned into also coming along with the fact, thing. yeah, that I do have to poop at places I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Yeah, you know, it's, That's okay. it's not all glitz and glam out here. Uh, we would like to uh, to say a what up to uh, uh, Mr. Brandon from... Uh, Miliwake, which means the good land in Algonquin, if <laughs> Alice Cooper is to be believed. <laughs> I believe him, uh, yo. I wanted to tell him a, a what's up, because uh, apparently uh, his job sucks so bad that he's got to listen to us. <laughs> and uh, I apologize. I apologize to to him and to his employer and to whatever truck stop fucking porn place that he mops up you know you know <clears throat> but you know we, we so. appreciate that the size of his testicles had facilitated him to actually send us a message which i guess is also going into saying that apparently the rest of you uh have baby nuts i don't know mm. which problems are but delicious uh, man baby nuts yum just uh just throwing it out there what? Just gobbling them up. Mm. Thanks, so, Brandon. Nice to, to meet you. the episode at hand, because <laughs> there's a lot to get through, oh, but geez. it's going to be fun. Oh, jeez. Here we so go. So where we left, where we left Herbie Mull was <laughs> him being arrested after shooting the uh, ex-prize fighter in the heart with the rifle that he stole from the kids that he shot in the woods. He was yeah. arrested by a single cop without a fight, just sitting at a fucking red light. So That's after his guy. arrest and he's at the police station, <clears throat> he um he he refused to talk. Even uh questions asked to him like, Do you have an attorney or would you like to make a call? Uh he would just yell loudly back Silence Nice. Good old supervillain style. <laughs> he he would continue to rhythmically chant the word silence until everyone was like, okay, fuck this guy. <laughs> so they uh they put him in a cell and well as they were taking him away to the cell, he uh he announced loudly, You people were responsible for the three million killed in World War Two. Oh, I'm sure they were. Which I uh, you know does Who bastards. are we to say that he's wrong at this point? The LAPD. I mean, but maybe Hitler was there. I'm and, right outside uh, of LA right now. I could totally believe that they would be responsible for such an atrocity. I mean, Santa Cruz, but still, you know. Oh, well, still. Fuck them, too. Yep. Fuck California. I really wish Herbie would have <sighs> uh, not done his job. Because, goddamn... The state that listens to us, second only to our home states, um, 
you know what? I was just kidding. You guys are just like so, so super hot and like just, oh, I'm just jealous, you know, cause like I see you out with other, other states and other podcast listening, uh, platforms and, 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 and shows. And I'm like, man, you know, that used to be me. But now it's time for Chris's quick PSA. Use your fucking blinkers, assholes. If you make me accidentally kill you, I'm gonna be upset. Thank you. No, you won't. I will get a message very quickly saying, Ha, I just killed some asshole that didn't use his blinker. <laughs> I'm not at fault. No, <clears throat> I, unfortunately, because uh, <laughs> because uh, I have that whole professional title, I'm always at fault for the dumbass shit you motherfuckers do. So, quit it. Oh. So, like, even when you're not in the truck? So, like, like I could, like punch you, no. you could punch me back, and you would be automatically a fault? No, no. Ah, uh, man, I thought I had found a loophole. Oh, no. So, You'll get at, at Mullen's uh, shitty little apartment where he had been living for the last three weeks, the police found a Bible, uh, the paperback book, Einstein, The Life and Times, oh. and an, ad- an address book with Jim Guinera's name. Uh, they also found newspaper articles about the murders. Uh, a The revolver that he had been using was found in his station wagon, and they soon did ballistic tests on it. They also found the following note, which I will now read. Let it be known to the nations of Earth and the people that inhabit it, this document carries more power than any other written before. Such a tragedy as what's happened should not have happened, and because of this action which I take of my own free will, I am making it possible to occur again. For while I can be here, I must guide and protect my dynasty. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, he has delusions of grandeur yeah a little bit i mean good words good words but fuck man well well when you think you're literally chosen by god to save a particular area of earth i mean yeah dynasty why not um go for it god so everybody in santa cruz starts speculating who this tiny little guy was was he who was cutting heads off and fucking bodies? Well, uh, you know, uh, who knows? Right. We, we know for a fact that he killed people uh, the day following his arrest. There's a lot uh, of people in Officials had, <laughs> There are a lot of... There's at least six or seven. <laughs> the day following his actual arrest, officials had announced that uh, ballistic tests had proven that he also killed the Francis family, and the Gynaras, who were the ones that they had originally thought were, you know, drug burns. So... Oh, yeah, I forgot all about them. I was pretty fucked up. I was crazy. Yeah. Those who knew uh, Herbie would only be able to say that they had remembered him as uh, a really bright, uh, deeply, deeply religious, but also somewhat uptight dude, but that he had eventually fallen into heavy drug use and it blew his fucking mind. Because that's what LSD does, man. It blows your mind. Does it? 
Right, Chris? Does right. it? You, blows your mind? Or is your mind just... LS, LSD blows your mind? Sometimes. Okay. Melissa says sometimes. Uh, very non-committal with that, and that's okay. That's okay. Or is your mind just already on the brink of being blown and things like that? Just kind of give it that extra push it needs. I tend to think. I'll tell mind. you what's on the, the brink of being blown. Hey, don't be nasty. I'm not being nasty. I mean, sorry. No, be nasty. I, I didn't mean to say it. I, I fucked that all up. Good be nasty. I, I, I'm going to get a Commandant Lesarge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> many, many. <laughs> so I, will, I always wanted a podium just for that exact. You always purpose. wanted a podium just for that. Yeah, like think of all the cool shit you could do with a podium, and you're like, I want to secretly get a blowjob from a a paid lady of the night while I speak to public. Well, yeah. So what if what if I get like a segue, and then I put I fashion a podium. You know, onto it, and then I just well, that's just going to throw off the balance of the segue. I just stash you a can't chick have a podium there. on there and a hooker under the podium, all on a segue. Why not? I mean, I mean, I guess you could, but it would take practice. Don't you tell me what I can and can't do. I'll do it. Just and then to you spite need you. what's his name, the fucking the main character of fucking Police Academy under there too, to step out like he was the one that did it first. I mean, I guess Mahoney. Mahoney. I just, I kept thinking Maloney for some reason. I was like, that's not right. I'm not going to say that. Mahoney. Yeah. Mahoney. Mahoney. So, <laughs> Mullen was charged with six counts of murder. The count rose to ten after the bodies of the campers were finally found two days later on February 17th. No. Um, bodies seem to be turning up on a daily basis because as of now they were but now that they had their suspect in, in custody they they looked at all of the other recent unsolved murders hoping to tie them to mullen so they would compare like uh mary Gilfoyle's skeleton with the remains of other women found um the los gatos authorities submitted the fingerprints found at the church where father tomei was stabbed to death and reporters all wanted to know if this was the same guy so, District Attorney Peter Chang, uh, with some resignation, it says here, <laughs> said, we must be the murder capital of the world right now. And when asked why the murder rate in Santa Cruz was so high, he said, first, we've had a homicidal maniac who we know has killed 10 people. And then after a reporter asked about the additional five bodies of female hitchhikers, he then responded, we then have another homicidal maniac. <laughs> so forthcoming. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the fact that he was like, you know, hey, uh, why, why, why is the murder rate so high? He's like, well, we, uh, we had a guy that killed a ton of people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we got him. And they're like, well, w w what about like, um, what about the other, uh, ladies that were found with no heads and, and, dismembered and, and whatnot and he was like well uh, uh well th then we have two okay uh, 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 everybody happy <laughs> everybody, everybody happy that we have two of them um your little fucking plan worked guy you, you got it out of me 
So, like, as as much as everyone involved in this shit would have loved to tie all of the murders to Herb, uh, there wasn't any evidence that linked him to the the, the co-ed killings. Well, yeah, thank, thankfully not, that they, you know, that they weren't stopped dead in well, their yeah, tracks by that. I really think that that if he he had um, somehow convincingly confessed to uh, Kemper's murders, I think Kemper actually would have stopped killing after he killed his mom and her friend, and he just would have gotten away with it. Yeah, I can see that being the case. One of the few that that would have actually been able to stop. And right, you know, yeah, one of the very few. if he would have seen that that someone else had uh, convincingly, falsely confessed to them, I don't think he would have been so quick to uh, to confess himself. But who knows? Who knows? I'm with you. Uh, they say that the quote unquote skillful skillfulness of the decapitations of two women found on February fifteenth, which was the same day as Mullen's arraignment had finally convinced investigators that there was, in fact, another killer working since uh, Mullen's murders weren't nearly as uh, precise or obsessive. So Mary Guilfoyle's murder was was somewhat similar to the other killer's victim profile, She, but she wasn't decapitated or really dismembered. She was somewhat autopsied, but she wasn't cut into pieces um so at this point there there aren't any links between Guilfoyle and all of the other um it, well it, between her and who to them is unidentified who we know is Kemper because it just doesn't fit anything he's ever done what would a community be doing here is they'd be flipping the fuck out they'd be scared to death of of literally everything because holy shit there's still fucking bodies coming up yeah, you know and be. and so authorities are trying to calm the public by playing up the whole drug dealer connection between Mullen and his victims uh, of course Gynera and Francis were like known drug dealers and the the teenagers that were camping were described as fucking quote unquote flower children uh, they could have easily been the victims of a drug deal gone bad. Um, but then up. you, uh, <laughs> you have, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the last, the last murder victim, Perez, uh, <clears throat> trying to tie him to the, uh, the, the drug culture was, uh, considerably more difficult, but they did find a way because apparently Perez had a grandson who did drugs who was close to Mullen's age. And maybe they had had some kind of falling out. Um, so the, the DA, uh, DA Chang, says, this is the result of people flipping out, and people are taking drugs, and people are doing their own thing. Which really is uh, not much of an explanation of what is going on, DA Chang I don't know, kids. Uh, I'm not going to condone or, or you know, uh, what's the other word? What's the opposite of condone? Human thesaurus. Uh, uh, see, the fact that you started saying it like that. Uh, 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 Melissa, what's the opposite of condone? 
Oh, condemn. There you go. Yeah. Anybody's she didn't even choices. have to tell me. I got that myself, I swear to God. Good job, good job. You'll, you shall receive a brownie. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't, I don't condone or condemn anyone's choices. However, I can say that out of personal experience, I have never once gotten high on anything ever. That has ever made me want to cut somebody's fucking shit up and and take out their guts and or remove heads and or mm-hmm. fucking blah 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 mm-hmm. blah 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 of that nature. Well, I will say that the 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 thing that has gotten me the closest to being uh, either like actually violent or wanting to be violent is a woman? Uh, is I'm sorry is alcohol. Um, so no. I'm not an angry so there, at all. there's your, uh, there's your condemnation, Darcy. Shut the fuck up. Ah. Jesus. Darcy's not the so, baby's name, kids. If you've been paying attention. <laughs> no, yeah, I wasn't saying that to my child. That is, that's not my my daughter's name. That's my my fat dog who wants my tiny dog's food. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, as well as, as, as all of this drug culture and, uh, the seeming murders and violence around them, people were also really freaked out about, uh, you know, the Oda slayings from John Lindley Frazier. Mm-hmm. But, uh, these murders were a counterculture, uh, byproduct and not like a menace to everybody in Santa Cruz. Because it was more of a, uh, the ones that are happening now are, they're trying to explain away as, oh, druggies killing druggies and such because of drugs. Right, right. But the the mass murder of the Odas were drug users, or a drug user that had lost his mind and just killed a family because they wouldn't burn their fucking house down. Um, So they could calm down a little bit about that at least but uh, the court would soon see that of course drugs alone couldn't account for Mullen's behavior because as we know uh, that wasn't his only fucking problem <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, uh, and quote uh, D.A. Chang once again on Mullen's courtroom antics because that's where we are going next is the courtroom because that is where someone that has killed 10 people goes to talk about it Chris rebuttal Uh, I got nothing your honor I can honestly say that I believe the man belongs where he is and uh, fuck him I sentence you to Okay, cool. Time served. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Is he out? Is that what we're talking about? No, I'm, t- I'm talking about I'm talking about you, you stupid bastard. Oh, okay. No, I so, have not yet served my time. <clears throat> D.A. Chang says... <laughs> Are you having a stroke? <laughs> That's it's so weird. 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 <laughs> I'm eating chocolate, but I smell onions inside a truck that's windows are closed. Hmm... That it, have you washed yourself recently? I mean, I am in L.A. Yes, I took a shower yesterday. I am in L.A., okay. so maybe the perhaps the uh, uh, abundant 
Mexicano population. I I was gonna say I know that there's like a Mexican food truck. Uh, I think it's uh, the law that it's every thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. There's one right up the street. That's true. Yep, yep. Delicious though, man. The chimichangas. Um, you need you need to go to one of those really authentic uh, Mexican food trucks and order uh, a chalupa and see what they do. Um, so D. A. Chang says of. Uh, Herbie's upcoming court antics. Uh, it looks like he's going to make my job easy. <laughs> because ha- having been charged with 10 counts of murder, because he actually hadn't yet been charged with killing Lawrence White or Father Henry Tome or Mary Guilfoyle, and those were oh, his wow. first three. Um, so, so at his hearing on March 1st, he carried in a two- volume legal book and started and startled sorry i'm laughing because i know what's coming uh at his hearing on march 1st mullen carried in a two volume legal book are you there and uh all of a sudden jason hangs up on me what a rest why you fuck you doing hanging up yeah, on me uh, you know people have died I didn't for hang less up on you. Oh. I, I didn't I didn't hang up on you you hung up on me All shut right, up man right. I'm trying so at his hearing I'll on March 1st <laughs> at his hearing on March 1st Mullen carried in a two volume legal book and startled the court by trying to plead guilty uh <laughs> the judge the judge refused to accept a guilty plea uh in a case of such magnitude of course uh he says, I I will not accept that. So Mullen <laughs> replied, you gave me a choice and I choose. So when when his lawyer tries to intervene, uh, Mullen says in his, his snippy manner of speech, I refuse counsel. Uh, <laughs> which he, he later insisted again on representing himself, which probably not the best idea. When the judge never. refused... When the judge refused, Mullen pointed to his lawyer and said, uh, his lawyer, James Jackson, by the way, and said, I don't care to be represented by a long hair. (laughs) The judge tried to assure Mullen of his uh, lawyer's competency, despite the fact that his somewhat bushy hair was a little over his collar. Um, (laughs) Mullins didn't want to be represented by a mullet. Ooh... Mullet Hayton Mullen. That's right. So, so, so Mullen says, in that case, I plead guilty to ten counts of first degree murder. Wow. <laughs> he was he was pissed off that the judge wouldn't let him represent himself. You're not arguing um, properly, guy. Like you, yeah, no, <laughs> no. He's just like, fuck it, I did it, I did it, I did it. Fuck it, I did it. Just goddamn it, fuck it, I did it. <laughs> and the judge, the judge said. Wait, oh, uh, 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 so, D.A. Chang says, you can't just hand a guy a complaint and let him plead guilty to ten counts of first-degree murder. If we let him plead guilty, we'd be thrown out on our ear by the Supreme Court. Yes, the Supreme Court would have quite a lot to say if you just let some dude say, yeah, I killed those ten people, and then lock him up. 
like no like we need to know the things to make sure you know so um here's one question about that story has anyone in the history of ever that has fallen or more specifically been thrown out of something ever fallen on their ear Hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, like, back in the day, I used to watch, like, a whole lot of, like, uh, skateboard videos, you know, when I was, like, a, a cool, radical, like, totally tubular and awesome skateboard guy. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, I am almost certain I have seen some fucking gnarly fucking bailouts where someone has hit an ear okay. kind of thing, if not the ground. I mean, it's got to be. But I don't think you could uh, really plan it. Like, if you throw somebody out on their ear, um, I don't see that working. But this is, this is you know what? This is something we shall try when we meet in person. I mean, that's what whoever the show's can about. Lift right? the other, whoever can lift the other. Um, so, of course, psychiatrists were called in to examine Mullen. It was unanimous. He was a paranoid schizophrenic. Fucking finally. Fucking guana. Finally, someone says you are a paranoid schizophrenic. You are a <clears throat> fucking asshole. So, did you know what schizophrenic means? Like, uh, it's Greek for something and something. Do you know what it is? I do not. It's Greek for split and mind. Yeah. Well... Mm-hmm. The more you know, Rainbow. Um, So, typically, schizophrenics usually suffer from auditory hallucinations, of course, hearing voices, uh, fragmented thinking, and a delusional belief system of self-importance, including being psychic. Uh, Despite any rational evidence proving otherwise, a schizophrenic will be convinced that there's a grand conspiracy against them. So, like... Like a huge fucking conspiracy. It can span from the FBI to fucking UFOs to goddamn that goddamn fucking cat down the street that just, he stares at me every single time I go outside. This cat's like, sup? And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean, sup? You're a fucking cat. What were you doing before I saw you and you nonchalantly asked, sup? I know. He texts me every time he sees you like, I think I scared him today. And I'm like, just keep, just keep at it, buddy. All you can do is just what keep is at it? it. <laughs> hmm. Gotta keep on so, keeping on, cat. His extensive hospital records, uh, side by side with his one-on-one examinations with all the doctors, convinced everybody that he was seriously mentally ill. Um, everyone was in agreement that he had killed at least ten people. Uh, The trial, though, would determine whether he was legally insane when he killed the 10 people and, you know, uh, actually 13. Or was he just an asshole? I mean, he he sounds like he was also kind of an asshole. Uh, Legally speaking, like we said in the other uh, episode uh, by, you know, the the Kemper one, uh, insanity is determined by the uh, McNaughton standard which says that it 
if a defendant understood the difference between right and wrong, then the defendant was guilty. If a defendant makes an attempt to conceal the crime, it's it obviously can be taken as evidence that he knew that it was wrong. Uh, but if somehow he was found legally insane, then he would technically be considered not guilty. So they really, <clears throat> they really, really took the time to look at all of his actions and saw... Uh, tried to find anything and everything that he tried to hide. Because that means that he was trying to cover up what he had done. Yeah, he didn't try to hide a whole lot, did he? Um, I mean, he kind of did when he went back and killed that lady and her kids uh, after killing the Garneras, because, I mean, he knew... Like I said in the last episode, he knew what he was doing was illegal, but he fully believed that what he was doing was righteous. He thought that he had to do it, but at the same time, he knew that it was against the law, and he was terrified of fucking going to prison. So he knew that that could be traced to him, so he goes back and tries to cover it up. Bad, wrong, and against the law are three different things, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Uh, so also in this trial at issue was uh, the notion of his diminished capacity. If he didn't understand the meaning of what he did, then he also wouldn't be found guilty of first-degree murder. His defense knew that diminished capacity was crucial to prove, and they constructed their entire case on his uh, his weird doctrines and dementia. Um, he sat in his jail cell, during the trial, just ceaselessly scribbling out his philosophies, uh, convinced that he could explain the the grand design and meaning behind his killings. Uh, he wrote on Jonah, Einstein, and earthquakes. He's His delusional belief systems uh, would support the case, but not for the reasons in which he hoped. The bizarre notes would provide important evidence for the defense in attempting to prove his insanity, but do we know how that works out? Yeah, we kind of do. Um, do so, so a funny thing happened on the way to uh, a guilty plea. Um, <laughs> while while waiting for his trial, Mullen came face to face with the other "quote unquote" homicidal maniac who had been terrorizing the Santa Cruz area at the same time. We all know him as Oh Eddie Camps, the number three. Edmund Emil Kemper the third. The third. The third. <sighs> Who says of Mullen? Uh, yes, judging from my years in the Tescadero, I would say he is mentally ill. <laughs> oh well, that tears it. Thanks. So babe. Edmund Kemper. Edmund Kemper says of another serial killer. So a person that has murdered 10 people and did terrible things to these bodies after he did the murdering says, yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time in an insane asylum. I know a crazy motherfucker when I see one. Yep. You, sir. <laughs> you, sir, are a crazy motherfucker. I could smell you from I across the street. <laughs> oh, man. If that's not a pot and blackface, I don't know what is. Um... <laughs> 
Hey, Kato. You're black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Indeed. So, um, <laughs> that is some, that is some truly fucking isn't that great? Random ass isn't shit. It? Yeah, that's wacky. So as here, here's the here's the best part, and I left this out of the 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 Kemper episode just so I could have it in the Mullen episode. Uh, somebody thought that it would be hilarious to give Kemper and Mulling Mullen adjoining cells. Oh, uh, two mass murderers. Uh, you know, next door, like uh, odd couple, like and shit. Right. So we have we have Kemper, who was uh, of course six nine over three hundred pounds, uh, and he towered over the tiny uh, petite Mullen, and he would fucking hassle him in any way that he saw fit. I bet he would. Uh, Kemper was kind of a kind of a, <laughs> a joke. He was a. Uh, yeah, uh, he uh, he he would later boast of his power that he had over Mullen, saying, "Well, he had a habit of singing and bothering people when somebody tried to watch TV. So I threw water on him to shut him up. Then, if he was a good boy, I'd give him some peanuts. Herbie liked peanuts. That was effective because pretty soon he asked permission to sing. That's called behavior modification." <laughs> That's he, he, awesome. he later brags that he fucking goddamn Skinner boxed a goddamn other serial killer. Dude, I mean that right there. That that's kind of like it's kind of like the beginning of the like like the origin story for the Legion of Doom sort of scenario, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, Kemper would certainly be uh, the the head because, uh, good lord, if 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 little Herbie, Herbie loves peanuts and hates water, <laughs> but he also he also likes to sing a little bit. I'm Herbert Mullen, fast car bikini. I'm Herbert Mullen, sticky kitty. Jump down just so she can yell at me to pick her back up. I mean, uh, your stinky kitty jumped down just to yell at you. Just to get back up, yep. my baby woke up just to yell at me, so that she could, uh, so she could have a little booby, which, you know, Wait. I wish that worked for me every once in a while. When I was like, Melissa would be like, okay. Wait, wait, you're the one who provides the booby? No, I don't. No, she yelled at me so that Melissa would pick her up and give her booby. I don't provide the booby. Oddly enough, that's strategy. been my fear for quite some time before I had a child, is that my child would uh, see my my luscious man boob and be like, hmm, I bet there's milk in there too, but thank God she has not tried that. That would just be, I don't know what that would do to me. I did. Hmm. hmm. So, uh, Mullen would later uh, say, I'm sorry. Kemper would later say of Mullen uh, he, that he was a creep with no class. That he uh, was just a cold-blooded killer, killing everyone he saw for no good reason. Because, which, which is great, because it's like he's, uh, you know, sticking his nose up at, at, uh, at what Mullen did. And Mullen's just like, peanuts and stuff! No water, please! Peanuts, <laughs> and 
and who can blame him? Uh, but Kemper is like all highfalutin and shit. You you picked up uh, women and a a very young girl and cut their heads off and had sex with their bodies. You sir are a dick. For sure. If he's just if he's a no class killer, you're a dick. Like serious. For um, sure. Uh, at the same time, uh, Mullen was uh, was disgusted by Kemper, and he constantly, constantly would complain about the noise that he would make while he was trying to meditate, which I love. Um, I said meditate, but as we all remember, he did like to burn the end of his penis with a lit cigarette after meditation. That's why I think it might that that, that word might be a euphemism. Uh, for what? Masturbation. I just wanted to hear you say it again. Yeah, yeah. All right. The ecstasy. Thank you for mm. tuning in to <laughs> the fuzzy storm. The fuzzy storm. Uh, That's the best you can come up with. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the fuzzy storm. Like a madlib. <laughs> I'm your host. It is like a madlib. It's like a, we tried to do a Mad Lib the other night, and it was terrible. I think <laughs> the best thing we got out of it was uh, someone had uh, a, an operation on the the chakra of their left testicle, oh. or something like that. Yeah, is there a special? I'd have to read it. Um, I mean they. I mean, if they in fact exist, they I'm going to go ahead and keep that. my mind at least a little open to it. I'm sure that there's a left testicle one. God, That's so. So you know what else is cool is that Kemper also, uh, he talked to authorities and he was like, oh yeah, if, fucking, if Mullen says literally anything at all incriminating, I will rat in a second. Wow. Yeah. Who's going to be mad at, at fucking Kemper for ratting? Like, you know, snitches get stitches, but uh, how are you going to fucking that do guy. something that needs a stitching to a guy who could literally just twist your head off like a fucking pop top. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't see all Herbie like being such a personality that he would gain so many friends in prison that they could overthrow such a guy. <laughs> like, oh no, I just don't uh-uh. see it happening. This is like, it, you know, in the supervillain world, all Herbie's like, you know, you're you're fucking like the Rat King sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> It's like, I'm sure if, if Kemper at any point wanted to just leave prison, he could. <laughs> he could just rip the door off the hinges and, and soak up bullets in his layers of fat and just lumber his big bumble butt out and just be like, all right. Bumble butt. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so both Mullen and Kemper had, had been viewing their own rampages as uh, a mission for each, you know, and the other, well, they both thought that the other was, uh, a heathen. Uh, <laughs> uh so, you know, cause Mullen, he'd been killed. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to say that you're wrong because fuck you. I hate you and shut up. Uh, Mullen had been killing to save the world from earthquakes and he despised Kemper as a brutish sex maniac. So That's right. I didn't say British. I said brutish. So, but, but 
wouldn't it be great if he if he despised him as a British brutish sex maniac? So noble. That was terrible. Yes. I'm Edmund Kemper, <laughs> and I like to have sex with ladies. I like to and have sex. To... I've got to. I can't. I can't have their their heads there while I do it because because it it's distracting when they see me, and and I don't know what to do about it. So so I've decided instead of just like I don't know fucking a flashlight like other losers do, that I would I would just remove the heads and then. And then I would have sex with their bodies. And, uh, man, I made myself sad. I'm a gargantuan man of great stature. But I have a tiny penis. I don't like That's them what I was going to say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they're still laughing. And he knows it. He knows even after they're dead, they're still laughing at his tiny little penis. Yeah. Uh, giant man. Man, was he not a giant man. Uh, so... You know, he saw uh, Kemper as uh, a sex maniac, and Kemper, you know, said that he was just a, a cold-blooded killer, killing everybody for no reason at all. Kemper thought that he was the one with, uh, you know, the social statement to make, um, saying, uh, you know, he was demonstrating to the authorities of Santa Cruz that by killing the young women society treasured the most... Uh, that they weren't doing their fucking jobs. I so, thought it was that know, hitchhikers are bad. Right? I mean, hitchhikers are bad, okay? Um, but so are drugs, and Kemper knew that too. You know? Ah, here I think, we are, back to this again. I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a visionary before his time uh, doing what needed to be done to get the message out there, Chris. Drugs don't And that message people. was... That message was, Chris, <laughs> that ladies can still be had sex with after their heads isn't there. Yeah, I mean, whether that was his true intention or not, he certainly got that point across. Take a look. It's in a book, probably. It's reading Rainbow. Probably. <laughs> definitely on the internet, kids. Uh, but don't mm. look that up. It's gross Boy, and traumatizing. is it ever. It's awful. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Kemper was well known for his mommy issues. <laughs> Mullen, on the other hand, was uh, it is well known for his 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 papa problems. Um, uh, he, you know, telepathic uh, fucking mastermind of the whole thing. Yes, like, the actual the actual villain. As we will get to. Mm. How's that for a... Uh, hey, poke, poke. Yeah. Keep listening. Um, <laughs> that, that, yes. And, you know, we'll let you know probably later. Maybe uh, 11. Like, uh, you know, after Wheel of Fortune. If uh, that's something that you that you care to, to listen to or whatever. We'll be here. Um, we'll probably... Well, you know, we're going to play it by ear. Um, so... He insisted, insisted that his father, Martin William Mullen, was a mass murderer. He would say, and I quote, I want his fingerprints to be taken and compared with all murders which occurred in California and Oregon since 1925. Shit. That would be a hell of a record. (laughs) So, 
In addition to being responsible for every murder on the West Coast since the 20s, he uh, he also believed that his dad, uh, you know, telepathically ordered his best friend in high school, Dean Richardson, to commit suicide by crashing his car in 1965. Remember the guy that he, like, built a fucking goddamn uh, oh, yeah. uh, a shrine to and shit? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, also my dad's fault. Do do do. So now we get into his his mission, like what he he not only hoped to achieve with these murders, but what he was demanded to achieve by God by these murders. A quote by Herbie Mulls says, We human beings, through the history of the world, have protected our continent from cataclysms by murder. In other words, a minor natural disaster avoids a major natural disaster. Okay. Does it, yeah. Okay, so we're all on the same page. Page 32. Um so his his trial began in earnest on July thirtieth, nineteen seventy three. So, uh, he uh, you know he would predictably disrupt uh, proceedings quite quite a lot, um, and he would throw out random objections, which are great. Uh, the so his formal plea, of course, was entered as not guilty, and not guilty by the reason of insanity. But on the second day, uh, uh, the the heavily shackled Herb interrupted the proceedings by hobbling over to the judge and handing him a, a note entitled, Observations of an Observer from a Point on the San Francisco Peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> which was... Which was a two-page rant claiming that someone had been going through his personal notebook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus fuck. Okay. So his attorney, uh... His attorney says, Make no mistake, Mr. Mullen hears voices, and the voices told him to kill. These were not acts of murder, but acts of sacrifice. Uh, his... his his uh, his attorney James Jackson uh, then focused on his bizarre behavior before the like everything before the murder spree, where Mullen thought that he was a Mexican laborer. He thought he was a, com- a column a columnist named Herb. <laughs> he, he thought he was a columnist named Herb Kahn, and uh, he also thought he was an Eastern philosopher. <laughs> Swami Herb. Ah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he, he also would go on to introduce his client's killjoy sadism conspiracy theory, where wow. everyone in Mullen's life was out to destroy his chances for happiness, both in this life and the next. Hmm. He had to kill him. So, I, I don't know why this would happen. I think, I mean, I don't know if this usually happens in insanity plea uh, cases, but uh, Herbie, Herbert Mullen, uh, he, he's going to take the stand. <sighs> yeah. Um, so it, he, he rarely showed any emotion, uh, through the whole trial, really, uh, mostly just staring straight ahead at the wall when people would testify. 
Um, he was kind of annoyed that his defense was intent on proving insanity, and he literally could not wait to get on the stand himself and tell the truth of why he killed these people. Because of course. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so the, the, the prosecution was uh was somewhat brief with with uh their their asking <laughs> herb of things. Uh Bob Francis had testified on Mullen's uh voracious consumption of LSD. It can only be called voracious. Um, Voracious. That's a hell of a word for uh, describing someone's consumption of LSD. Do you not remember that when he went and hung out with uh, Jim Gunnera that he took 10 hits of fucking acid? 10 hits of early 70s acid? Yeah. Um, I would say that's dumb. Not necessarily (laughs) voracious. Um... But sure, yeah, uh, that's I mean, pretty. That's pretty voracious. I mean, uh, so yeah, oddly enough, oddly enough, while uh, the prosecution, Bob Francis, uh, was uh, talking about this, Mullen was just nodding his head in agreement, <laughs> like a- as if it proved that's why it was completely necessary to kill fucking Jim Ganera. Um <laughs> Joan Ganera, uh, his, Jim's wife, uh, her mom recalled finding the young married couple, you know, shot to death in their bathroom. And ballistic ex- experts and the medical <laughs> examiners portray, would uh, go on to portray for the jury that it wasn't just a, a random killing or whatever. It was violent fucking overkill. Um, you know, and the whole time they're talking about this, Mullins just hunched over, just taking crazy extensive notes the whole fucking time. <sighs> so on August fourth, psychiatrist. I mean, they probably just say they probably just say that Herbie like peanuts. Herbie hate water. Herbie like peanuts. Herbie hate water. And then every thirtieth line the first line of I'm a little teapot short and stout and then back to peanuts and water the whole fucking time. Wow. That would be fucking <sighs> probably worth money. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd pay a nickel to see it, I guess. Yeah, you know, especially like that, you know, when you see it in the movies and you got the, it's all written in red and, and then the, the, it's mm-hmm. like scratchy style of lettering and then some of them are really big and some of them are really small and then some of them are written sideways and they just fill up the paper, no open space. Yes. Yeah, and then know. the I'm a little teapot lines are written in like girly bubble letters. Yep, and a whole different color just so they stand out even more. But like, uh-huh. you know, like somebody did graffiti over somebody else's graffiti. Mm-hmm. Man, all the eyes are dotted with hearts. Teapots. Mm. Schizophrenic hearts. You know, on Jason, August fourth, there's no eye <laughs> what? in teapot. Continue. Um, A B O T. Yeah, but I mean, there's an I and I'm. Just really blew your mind, didn't I? Ooh, I told you, blowing was a coming. On August fourth, psychiatrist awful. Donald Lund tested. <laughs> on August fucking 4th, psychiatrist Donald Lund testified on behalf of the defense to Mullen's clinical diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. 
and he played a cassette tape where Mullen described his philosophy. It is this exactly. You see, the thing is, people get together, say, in the White House. People like to sing the die song. You know, people like to sing the die song. If I'm president of my class when I graduate from high school, I can tell two, possibly three young male homo sapiens to die. I can sing that song to them, and they'll have to kill themselves or be killed. An automobile accident, a knifing, a gunshot wound. You ask me why this is. And I say, well, they have to do that in order to protect the ground from an earthquake. Because all of the other people in the community have been dying all year long, and my class, we have to chip in, so to speak, uh, to the darkness. Uh, We have to die also. And people would rather sing the die song than murder. I believe man has believed in reincarnation for maybe, uh, consciously, verbally, for 10,000 years. And so they instituted this law. They used to do it back then, 10,000 years ago. Well, they let a crazy guy go kill kill crazy, you know? He'd go kill crazy, maybe uh, 20 or 30 people. Then they'd lynch him, you know, or they'd have to kill... Uh, they'd have another kill crazy person kill him. Because they don't want him to get too powerful in the next life, you know? Wow. <laughs> um, uh, Donald Lund... Uh, later wrote in his book the die song that if i would prepare a a chronology or or, he says that herbie told him uh that if i would prepare a chronology of the world's wars and famines and compare it with a list of major earthquakes throughout history i would see that when the death rate goes up the number of earthquakes goes down so theory proven Science. Suck it. Right. That is the most... Wow. I've never heard of someone saying out loud to a courtroom. That is the beauty of mental illness. Mullen believed that the duty of sacrificing yourself or others by murder for the sake of the community was... uh, best demonstrated by his own interpretation of the story of Jonah from the Bible. The thirteenth man must be a scapegoat and sacrifice himself for the others. He goes on to say, I mean, you read the Bible about Jonah, there there was twelve men in the boat. Jonah was in the boat, you know? It was like Jesus, you know? And, and Jonah stood up and said, God darn, if somebody doesn't die, you know all thirteen of us are going to die. And he jumped overboard, you know, and he was drowned, you know, and the sea about in half an hour or so, it calmed down. So, so, so when uh, Dr. Lund uh, then said that Jonah was pushed and he didn't die after all because he was eaten and then spat up by the whale, Mullen defensively said, I'm asking you to swallow this Jonah story and believe that a minor natural disaster will prevent a major Natural disaster. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> point taken. <clears throat> Just run with it. <sighs> so, here's a question for you. Did Mullen actually come up with the killing to stop earthquakes theory before he was caught? Or after, to make it sound like he was fucking crazy? Well, 
that was a rhetorical question because Dr. Lund says that uh, Mullen devised this theory years earlier. Yeah, it sounded that way. Yeah, he, he found letters written to the UN and other organizations requesting statistics on yearly death tolls and natural disasters. Wow. <laughs> Among his personal notes were disjointed theories on the whole phenomenon that he believed. Um, and of course, like I said in the first episode, because he was born on April 18th, the anniversary of the 1906 San Francisco earthquake... He believed that he had a privileged position among his generation to save it from future earthquakes. Einstein had also died on April 18th, which proved, of course, to Mullen, that Einstein sacrificed himself so that Mullen wouldn't have to be killed in Vietnam, but could save the coast from earthquakes instead. <clears throat> ah. Grand jaw! Yeah. I love it. Okay. <sighs> okay. Okay, we st- we still have quite a bit of insanity to get through. I want to make sure we do. So, another conspiracy Mullen had argued was his family's attempt to hide, quote unquote, the healthiness of bisexuality from him. Um, he said that for most, uh, homosexual behavior begins around the age of eight. But his parents maliciously hid this from him. Mullen had speculated that everyone in his family practiced homosexuality. He wrote that his entire family, including his aunt and uncle, which, by the way, their names, Bernice and Enos. Mm. Uh, Remember remember Uncle Enos? Uh Mm. It's good stuff. But even fucking, even beloved Bernice and Enos were in on the plot to retard his sexuality. That That's in the notes, that, that word. I'm not just saying that to say it, um, people. It's a, it's a bad word. When I was five years old, I, f- I feel intuitively that Bernice and Enos for it talked my parents into ignoring me. My parents actually did not tell me the necessary facts of life. Sex and death rates... Um, social conversation techniques, etc. Uh, Bernice and Enos didn't have any kids. Um, why did Bernice and Enos convince my parents that I should be shunned? My guess is that my cousins and sister were having orgasms at age six. When I was five, when I was five, Bernice and Enos wanted to stop my mental and physical growth. They didn't want me. They didn't want me to mature. Oh my god, they didn't want to tell you that sometimes you might want a hot pocket and sometimes you might want a Polish sausage. And sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. I think they were jealous and envious of the fun that I and my parents were going to have when I started growing up normal. Which is believe. I think they believe in reincarnation and that by confusing and retarding me, they might improve themselves in the next life. End quote. Mm. That's, if not my favorite quote ever quoted on this show, that's in the top five. Wow. Okay. That's so so fucking scatterbrained. (laughs) So Dr. Lund uh, testified about the details of his homosexuality, uh, which at one point Mullen interrupted in in attorney-like fashion 
and yelled, I'll stipulate that I'm bisexual. Okay. And that's it. He stood up and yelled, I'll stipulate that I'm bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) Objection, Your Honor. I also like the guy. Oh, man. Okay, so now to the uh, the father drove me crazy defense. Uh, both the prosecution and the defense would look at William Martin Mullen as a reason behind the murders, but with pretty drastic differences in the responsibility that he had in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosecution blamed Mullen's intense hatred of his father, uh, while Herb himself blamed his father directly for the murders. Um... He was the murderer, as far as Herb was concerned, because he was telepathically issuing the kill commands to Herb. Uh, William Mullen was a Marine who was proud of his World War II service, and according to Herb, taught his son that violence is, quote-unquote, natural, and taught him how to shoot a gun with the aim of a marksman. It's, it's kind of hard to actually know the full extent of what... Um, William Mullen's rational influence was over his son. Um, it, of course isn't necessarily a crime to tell your son war stories or to teach him how to shoot. Um, maybe he was actually trying to engage Herb uh, in his, you know, the, the shit that made him who he is and what he got meaning from and why. Um, which lots of people that have been at war do. And they they tell their kids what happened there so that they can learn from history's lessons, you know? Those kids um, don't generally go off and murder people. Right. And and back to one of my favorite parts of his childhood, the boxing matches in the kitchen had actually seemed to be just kind of like playful roughhousing before dinner. Right. But for but for Herb, uh, these were like really intimidating things. And, and he fully believed that his dad was truly like challenging him oh man (laughs) so do do you remember you remember when Herb was uh, for a short time a a boxer and that he was fucking great at it but maybe a little too good at it Um, well after his experience in the ring he returned to his parents house and that was a month before the murders began he cornered his dad with his fists up saying Come on, let's go. It won't last long. And Herbie then fucking punched his dad out. <laughs> um, his dad told uh, Dr. Lund, it it scared me. It was such a departure from what we had normally done all our lives. He wasn't... He was not the same kid that we had raised and known. Um, his dad appeared to be uh, stoic, uh, stern, but ultimately reasonable guy uh william mullen had even written a letter supporting uh herb's ceo status which must have uh, upset herb quite a bit um because later uh, herb wrote to his dad saying my conscientious objection thing was against your will well that is past now i don't know who was right or who was wrong all i know is that i got hurt real bad because of all the confusion would you let me live in your home again? <laughs> hey, uh, that shit, uh, you know, I mean, thanks. I mean, it, No, actually not thanks. He doesn't thank his dad at all for being like... His dad, who is a fucking war hero, wrote a letter supporting 
his conscientious objection. Like, his dad seems like a fucking pretty awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you can get past the whole telepathic, uh, Charles Manson. Well, you know what, scenario. Chris? I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to chalk up his father's telepathically telling him to murder tons of people to save California. I'm going to chalk that up to maybe Herb's schizophrenia and not it actually happened. I'm going to have to keep open in my mind that it it's possible that that's true and his dad is just some kind of vicious asshole. But it doesn't seem that way to me. I mean, you know, but maybe that's just what he wants you to think. That's exactly what a telepathic supervillain would want you to think. He's got us just where he wants us, telepathically and villainously. He knows it. You knows it. <sighs> so, at the trial, um, Mullen blamed his father for sending him to San Jose State University, knowing that the anti-war movement was strong on the campus and that he would somehow, uh, you know, fall into the counterculture. Because I'm sure that's exactly what his father was wringing his hands over as he fucking pet his goddamn white fluffy cat with his eye patch and scar on his fucking cheek and, like, uh, Asian man standing menacingly menacingly behind him. Mm. Uh, Herb was caught in a, uh, you know, like a, a an endless circle of rebellion, then reconciliation with his dad. He would do things that hurt him and then try to win back his approval. Uh, one psychiatrist in uh, testimony for the prosecution said that Mullins inability to express hate to his father led to some of it being misdirected to others. Um, his father was a Marine Corps sergeant and was used to ordering people to kill, said Herb. Herb. Okay, Herb says, Father was a Marine Corps sergeant and was used to ordering people to kill. I feel I was under my father's control like a robot. <laughs> Throughout the entire trial, he kept asking Dr. Lund and his attorney to compare his father's fingerprints to evidence from all the murder cases in Oregon and California since 1925. If Herb could prove his father was a mass murderer, perhaps they would go lighter on him. Yeah, because that's usually Yay. what works out just fine. <laughs> I mean, I've seen oh, that man. a ton of time. So, on the stand, in his own defense, uh, Mullen was described by one reporter as, quote-unquote, striking a lecturer's pose. <laughs> uh, he he stood in the witness box with his many, many notes and blamed his family, his friends, and teachers who wanted to keep him from becoming, quote-unquote, too powerful in the next life. Reincarnation wasn't just a cosmic ponderance for him. It explained absolutely everything. Everyone was bargaining for power and position in the next life. I quote, I am chosen as a designated leader of my generation. <laughs> <laughs> he said this because Einstein died on his birthday. Um, that that day of birth also gives, uh, and I quote, gives me an extremely dominant position in the reincarnation. Um, Herb had believed that his parents told him that they were going to give me a good time in the next life, but they couldn't this time. That's nasty. But where is the uh, where's the connection between? The earthquakes and the reincarnation and the fucking 
telepathic oh. dad versus I mean, Jesus and what? That that's that's so ridiculous that you I say mean, that it's not even funny. Are you gonna it's, say uh, schizophrenia? It's, it's, <clears throat> I was gonna say schizophrenia. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because <clears throat> um, that's a that's a connecting. Um, He says, he says, and I quote, uh, one man consenting to be murdered protects the millions of other human beings living in the cataclysmic earthquake slash tidal area. For this reason, the designated hero slash leader and associates have the responsibilities of getting enough people to commit suicide and or consent to being murdered every day. This is Herb explaining this to the jury. (laughs) Um, and as far as his victims as far as his victims he would say I never thought about him I wasn't thinking I don't think I was reacting Um, he claims that all of his victims consented to die they were willing even and told them them, yes they told him so uh, by psychic transmissions Uh, he says every homo sapien communicates by mental telepathy it's just not accepted socially man um he blamed his father and asked that his father be removed from the courtroom before he would continue his testimony the judge then refused because fuck you herbie um but uh but his dad was moved like to another spot so that his son uh, wouldn't have to look at him uh, he also continued uh, on by blaming the Santa Cruz police for not keeping him incarcerated after he was arrested for drug possession. He says, I never would have killed anyone if they sent me to jail. If they don't punish you for breaking the law, what were they doing? Waiting until I broke a big law so they could put me in prison for my whole life? Uh, Uh Well, they didn't have to wait too long, did they? No. So here's the fun thing here. Mullen did admit that he could and did disobey commands to kill. He re- he had received telepathic commands to commit suicide, but he refused those. Um, the the prosecutor Chris Cottle said, if he was the victim of irresistible voices, he'd have killed himself. But he ignored those messages as well as other messages to kill. He says, I received a message in December. I did not act on. I just didn't want to kill anymore. I didn't think it was right. Oh. So, so that statement right fucking there was the prosecution's case, really. He was admitting that he knew the difference between right and wrong. Right, he right. wasn't his father's fucking robot who was, he couldn't disobey his dad or whatever. Um, he was capable of selectively obeying and disobeying when he didn't want to. Just like when he uh, heard his father tell him to kill his uncle Enos, and then he refused, and then he <clears throat> he killed someone else. Um, so that you know, all of all of the the fear of not uh, fully going along with these telepathic commands, um, he was surprisingly willing to negotiate with that. But if he was legally insane. And didn't comprehend what he was doing was wrong. Why he takes such careful measures to cover some of his tracks? Um, the ADA Chris Cottle told the jury um, that he sandpapered the blood stains off of the baseball bat. He picked up the shell casings of the, at the Gynera house because um, 
as as Herbie would say, because they belonged to me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um he shot Francis and her kids because they were witnesses. He ground off the serial number on his twenty two and uh while while he, the the prosecutor is saying all of this, Mullen, who didn't really make eye contact with anybody in court at all, like fucking stared daggers <laughs> through him. Um, Mullen had already kind of fucked up his own case with just crazy fucking comments he would make. Sometimes uh, he sounded just fine, insane, even maybe even rational. Uh, in an earlier interview, he said that he killed uh, Joan Ganera because, and I quote, she was a witness and I didn't want to be punished. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of hurts your, your insanity case when you say shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the quake theory, the quake theory also uh, was uh, by account of uh, another court-appointed psychiatrist, uh, developed as an afterthought. Um, he killed Gynara for getting him into drugs, and Joan and Kathy and Damon and David because they were witnesses. He killed the campers because he had a thing about hippies, and he described them as hippies. Uh, another court-appointed psychiatrist said that his motive, his motive, uh, his motivation was just pure fucking hatred. Uh, he says uh, he told me Joan Gynara introduced him to LSD, and that I'm sorry. That says John, but we all know it's Jim. That's weird. He told me Jim Ganera introduced him to LSD, and that ruined his life, so he took revenge. So in a in kind of a split, Dr. Charles Morris would testify after examining Mullen that he was legally insane when he murdered the transient, the hitchhiker, and the priest, but legally sane during the last ten murders. In January... When he quit doing LSD in hopes of becoming a Marine, he killed out of revenge, with uh, the exception of his last killing of Perez. Uh, He'd been made morally numb by killing his first three, so that killing again, especially out of anger, no longer carried any kind of moral consequence. Perez was shot because Mullen tried and wanted to get caught. (laughs) Uh... Dr. Morris then contended that it was probably the LSD that precipitated the murders. In response, defense attorney Jackson read a note from Mullen and asked the doctor if the ramblings written were done by someone on drugs. The doctor acknowledged that it was possible. The note was dated July 1973, months after Mullen had been incarcerated. It was a complaint written to the judge by Mullen regarding court procedure. Mullen's (laughs) Mullen's claimed... That he heard the victims telepathically agreed to be killed, said Dr. Morris. Um, he, he says that that was a uh, just a completely made-up ration, rationalization. Uh, he developed this belief as an afterthought. Um, he's an individual with a high mental capacity and an interest in the occult, psychology, and philosophy. One doctor testified that Mullen told him, I choose... I chose to be vindictive because these people caused me to be an objector in the greatest country on earth. So I punished them. Ah. Okay. Winding down now. <laughs> there, Perfect there timing was literally too, no question. the place is calling us. Good. <laughs> good, good. There was no question that he was mentally ill. To prove the legal definition of insta- insanity, they 
the defense would have to demonstrate that he didn't know what he was doing was fucking wrong. Um, if he was found legally insane, then he would be found not guilty. If they uh, found that he was suffering from diminished capacity, then he wouldn't be found guilty of first-degree murder. So the prosecution told the jury it didn't matter why he killed. Motives are ambiguous and not necessary to prove. In countering the defense's theory that Mullen's delusions made him kill, the prosecution said, simply because 2 plus 2 equals 7 in his mind does not mean Mr. Mullen is not responsible for his acts. In closing, the defense asked the jury to consider the fact that Mullen kills people because he has to, but he doesn't know why. I suggest that a person who kills 13 people and doesn't know why is mad. The prosecution then told the jury, there is no question he's mentally ill, seriously mentally ill, but that does not mean that he's legally insane. He hid his crimes and even ground down the serial numbers on his gun. So, the verdict. The six-man, six-woman jury deliberated for over 14 hours, finding Mullen sane and guilty. The verdict was delivered on August 19th, 1973. Hey, Mullen premeditated birthday. the deaths. Not 1973, <laughs> obviously. But. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> Mullen premeditated the deaths of Jim Ganera and Kathy Francis, thereby making two counts of first-degree murder. The rest were considered impulse by the jury, therefore second-degree. Wait, no. It's as insane. Huh? It's my other homie Jason's birthday. My oh, birthday son of a bitch. July 19th. I mean, it's close, though. I mean, we could still celebrate if you want. That's fine. It's as insane as Mullen is, said the defense attorney Jackson. They were afraid because he might get out and kill somebody, which is not an illogical consideration. They didn't want his 14th victim to be one of them. The prosecution was disappointed with only two counts of first-degree murder, and Mullen only shrugged a little when he heard his verdict. He was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole, in 2025. What? <sighs> yes. Why yes. The fuck? Yes, 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 yes. Um he is still in prison. Um uh, you know, hanging out and stuff. Well, if we're still recording you know? by then, we're going to have to do an update cuz that is fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um uh, I, I and I've told you this fun fact about him, but I have to give the just one or two fun facts real quick. The best one that I found: Mullen was known to water his doormat every day. Nice. Oh, that's good man. stuff, right there. That is. That just feels good inside to know <laughs> that he would water his fucking doormat every day. And you know what? We are going to leave the uh, the crazy mixed up world of Herbert Mullen. Fast car, bikini, bikini, fast car, Herbert Mullen. Seriously. Watering doormats, <laughs> Herbert Mullen. Man. And how did you like this very. Um, it, it's a, it was. Man, was he fucking nuts episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. I, I mean, full of colorful characters. I mean, you know, we, we skipped out on the UFOs and the conspiracies this time. Well, no, 
No, I guess his, the whole his dad thing was quite a conspiracy in his mind. Um, <clears throat> but the Moidas, we had lots. We we, mm. we had this. This story had lots of those. Um, Man, we're gonna have to add just like schizophrenia in front of the UFO part of that. <laughs> just. Just cause, just from now on, cause holy fuck, man! Like this, I, I hate saying this, but uh, Mullen was kind of, I think, maybe my favorite killer to talk about because he was so fucking batshit and random. Um, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't expect it when I first started doing all my research and shit about him, but it certainly fucking turned out that way. And uh, I hope that all you kitties out there in, uh, you know. In Dreamland, I hope you th- I hope you thought the same. I hope you had a good time listening to this. Um, <sighs> Christoph, as good. per usual, that's what you're gonna say after we hug. Mm. <laughs> that's nasty. Countdown. Grace. Three, two, and. The number one comes first and last. Ah, ah, ah. Peanuts. Good night, kids. Good night.